Hi everyone, this is welcome to Hawks Insiders. This is our new feature rather than bore you silly with a, uh, a detailed player rankings. After every Hawthorne game, we're going to do it as a, a podcast that you guys can listen to and download at your listening pleasure, certainly uh, in the next 48 hours or so before we jump on the Tuesday night uh, teams, safe space, where we'll be joined by the rest of the crew. So. It is a few hours after the uh, Hawthorne opened its season with a win over North Melbourne, a win that I didn't see coming because I picked North Melbourne. Um, thought the two outs for COVID might tip the scales in North's favour as the youngest Hawthorne team for a very long time um, took to the field, but had a good win. Um, my rankings are based on watching the game from the couch. I didn't get there today, uh, nor did Andrew Weiss. He had very good reason. He was... Uh, dowsing 11 happy junior cricketers with red cordial and pizza, I think, or something like that. Is that right, after their premiership win today? Yeah, barbecue and, and lollies, so not far off. And uh, happy to report that Ethan is a premiership cricketer, something that I never managed to do in my 20-odd year career. So uh, he's 12 years old and already has one over me. Managed to, uh, um, managed to sit down with him once the dust settled here. Uh, and watch it, and very, very happy we were indeed. Um, watch the grand final, or watch the Hawks. Oh, well, watch the Hawks. <laughs> Daz, you're the only one of the three of us who was there today. Um, just before we go into the rankings, uh, paint the picture what sort of day was it? Atmosphere, good crowd, people making a lot of noise. Yeah, really great crowd, actually. I think it was about 40,000 in the end. Um, I was in a pretty Hawks heavy section and, um, you know, a few, a few North supporters sprinkled around and kind of just takes you playing North to actually remember that they have supporters and then remember that they are not the best supporters either. But um, it was just awesome. It was awesome singing the song again with my daughter and um, actually really just, just loved every minute. Um, probably not the first minute, but uh, the rest of the game was awesome. Uh, good to have the footy back. As they didn't get there, can't wait to go in a couple of weeks when they play Carlton and get back into it, but she'll be good. So we're going to run through the team as selected. We're each going to just quickly discuss each player, uh, give it our ranking as we thought they would go, and then uh, take it from there. I am going to minimise this Zoom screen now, and I've got, I've got a toggle between the uh, toggle between stats and the team as it lined up. So the first player we'll talk about is Blake Hardwick. Weesey. Yeah, and we should mention that um, unlike the article that goes out uh, or went out last year and had plenty of reviews and the ability to sift through every player and look at highlights and that sort of stuff, we're doing this off the cuff, so it's based on our memories and the generic stats in front of us. Um, I thought Blake did a pretty decent job today uh, without being outstanding. I think he was on Zerha for most of the day and, um, and Zerha was pretty quiet, so... Um, seems to take less kick-ins than last year with Sicily getting the job. I think he had 12 touches, did his job reasonably well, minimum fuss. I'd be giving him around a 7 out of 10. Daz? Yeah, it's just another case of Blake Hardwick doing Blake Hardwick things. Um, yeah, I thought Zerha was pretty pretty quiet. Didn't even know that he was playing. Um, he, had a, he had a fresh haircut today, so... Um, but I think that was also a measure of uh, Hardwick um, just making him a bit of a, a non-factor in the game and 
that's not a easy thing to do is actually one of the players on the NOS list that I, I really rate. So yeah, just, just another typical, typically hard edged, um, and yeah, really competent display from, from, from Hardwick. Yeah. I thought he was solid. I gave him a, yeah, I gave him a six. Yeah, just he's almost a steady six. Occasionally you get him, a, you might get a seven, just a unobtrusive backline game. I couldn't quite tell from tell you who lined up on who. We'll get to Granger Barris in a little while. Um, given that he uh, he had no stats until three-quarter time. So whether that's who he was standing, but uh, one thing you sort of don't see from the telly when you're not at the game, but uh, Hardwick played a, a good game. You can tell he enjoys having Sicily back on the side. He actually had less of the footy Hardwick than he normally does, which I think he was just able to play a bit more of a negating role, I think, with Sicily back and um, CJ kind of running him up off the, off the half-back line. He only had 12 touches. I think the good thing about it and some were he went at 83% disposal efficiency and he's one of the players that every week last year was going at over 80%. So, solid job once again. At fullback for Hawthorne today was uh, Sam Frost. Um, again, North, well, they kicked seven, eight goals for the game. So, yeah, the Hawthorne back one had a, a pretty good afternoon. Frosty, uh, a couple of good moments uh, early on. Again, just sort of knuckled down and did his job. I mean, I'll give him a, I'll give him a, a seven. It's a, a very sound game. Oh, I think that um, I think that clearly you're going to be the grumpy one amongst Nash. I gave him a an eight. I thought he was absolutely outstanding, especially um, with the lack of Kyle Hardigan. Um, the fact that DGB hardly did anything and obviously we'll get into him. Sicily was then forced into more of a role he wouldn't normally take, but that Frost tried to get play moving forward was massive in the contest. Uh, there were no um, lived by the Frost ball, die by the Frost ball clangers that you can remember um, that you normally do each game. I thought he was enormous. Yeah. I think with Frost, it was a bit of a maybe a different, slightly different game for him too. In that he was just he was just down there to actually um, man some of the, the bigger players in the forward line for for North, and it was a pretty 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 tall team they took into into that game. So I thought he did his job well. Again, no kind of part in your mouth moments. So yeah, probably a seven for me. There was a piece of intercept play that Dermot Brereton highlighted on the commentary where he, uh, he, read, he read the incoming ball. North tried to move the ball quickly from the back line from a kick out, I think it was, and he sort of read the play superbly, left his man, intercept possession. It might have ended up, it might have ended up uh, getting a goal for Hawthorne. I think I'm going to take more careful nights during the game now. Um, but there was that one piece of play single out. So maybe a bit harsh, maybe I'll, I'll bump him for seven. You've talked me around. Denver, Granger Barris, um, what a fascinating. Uh, afternoon he was I wasn't sure again this is the when you're watching it on TV you don't notice these things but I actually didn't notice him playing for a lot of the game um, but then he turned out he had, he had I think he had five five disposals for the game most of them would have come in the last quarter but then if he was standing Nick Larkey which might have been the case for a lot, for a lot of the game and he, he's, he's done his job so I find it really hard to give him a figure having not having a full picture on on how he plays. So I'll give him the standard pass mark of a five. Daz, I'm defer deferring to you on this one. I think I might have sent you a cheeky text at the game at some stage, just some clarifications of what he was doing. Talk us through what you noticed. Well, I think it's even harder to tell when you're at the ground. And um, I was kind of sitting on the wing, so it was really hard to, 
assess his performance. I think it was pretty, um, I think the story is more about Larky's impacts on the game, which was, which was pretty minimal. Um, it wasn't the typical Granger Barris sort of aggressive throw, launch yourself at the contest. But I think um, his, his last quarter I thought was pretty immense. And uh, there was, I think, a passage of play there was they were kind of streaming forward north at a pretty critical part of the game and he, he mopped up really well, got the ball going again. Did some really interesting and creative things, the turn away at the end towards the other side of the ground and spotting a player. It was a, it was a bit pretty a scary moment, that one, but um, he, he handled it pretty well. So he's, he's got a really cool head under pressure. Yeah, I, th I think generally he would have struggled to get a pass mark in the traditional rating. I think for the first three quarters, he was undecided. And I think he rotated Ash between a number of those tools. And a lot of the time the ball came in, he just looked absolutely lost. So the biggest positives for DGB for me were, one, that he played. It's one more game that he's played on the big stage and, and had that exposure. And two, that passage that you're talking about, Daz, in the defensive goal square when North were really pressing and he um, he just held his composure the same way, I think, was it against Essendon last year in the goal square? Yeah. Um, and he, he just had that composure that made you go, like, he's going to be a special footballer. It's just clear that he needs a lot more time and a lot more experience. So um, I think it's the, um, it's the old parlance. Uh, Ash, he'll be better for the run. Well, I thought his composure in the last quarter and, and his clean disposal when it was a bit frantic, it was a bit tight there in that last quarter for a while. I, I thought, I was really impressed the way he started from the last quarter. They needed, they, the back line had to stand up for a while because North were pressing at various stages because the, 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 the forwards, as we expected, couldn't quite put the game away. So I found that encouraging. Next player we could talk about for half an hour um, is Finn McGuinness, who... Um, Kicked his first goal, a uh, goal in the last quarter. It was probably the sealer. Uh, a mungy left foot step that somehow went through. I found he, he I've, I've, I've written this for the observations in that piece that I'll run tomorrow. He's going to aggravate uh, most Hawthorne supporters, of course. His disposal and decision-making at times was of uh, not AFL standard, I don't think. But then what was great about him was clearly he's an athletic beast. And on a day, on a 25-degree day, when so many players were wilting in the last quarter, he ran. He kept running and presenting in the last quarter and, and, to, and needed to be where the ball was. So, you know, I've marked him up. You know, I was going to give him a, a three based on a lot of his output and his poor disposal. But I bumped him up to, you know, a five, a solid five. You know, could even squeeze in a six because I was so impressed the way he ran the game out. And I can clearly see while the coach likes him and while the coach was happy to invest a, a fresh two-year contract in him when not a lot of us saw the value of that going to uh, going to the season. Yeah, I think our opposition analysis, Simon Moravitz said it best when he, he said that Finn is probably more of a Daniel Howe type um, sort of Mr. Fix-It um, for the future. And I think um, I think Sam probably sort of sees him in that role. And, and, and you're right, Ash, his ability to run out of the game, um, it's, it's just something that we sort of lacked um, at various points last season where teams just kind of ran over the top of us. So I think Finn is going to really improve and, improve and surprise people. Kind of did a few things that reminded me of Brad Sewell a little bit in the, the early days. So 
and he's got the sort of same sort of body shape. I think he's definitely put on some bulk over the preseason. So give him a five as well, but just absolutely loved the goal. It was it was a critical time in the game, and I think just to kick your debut as a lifelong Hawks fan with with some genuine premiership blood in him, it's just that was just awesome to see. Yeah, there's another Brad Sewell type out there in the number 44, but obviously we'll get to him a bit later. Um, I also rated him a five, and similarly to you, Ash, I reckon there would have been periods where I had him down for a two or three and periods down where I would have had him for a six or seven. Uh, so many times throughout the game in my head or even to Ethan watching with him, I'm saying he's just not going to make it as an AFL footballer, and then you see him do something that gives you that hope and um, interestingly you also mentioned Dan Howe who apparently tore it up at Fox Hill today so um, it, you know th- these guys are playing for at the moment spots sort of 18 through 22, 23 in the team. Uh, what I'd like to see is Finn McGuinness to get five or six rounds in a row to have a decent crack at it and despite some of those concerns, especially around his disposal and uh, some of the decisions that he makes, that he gets a fair crack. Um, but yeah, just a pass, just a pass for me today. James Sicily uh, had seven uh, seven touches, two um, and, and seven disposals, and uh, five. Hang on, where, and uh, let's one mark. Refresh it, refresh, refresh it. Refresh, I'll refresh it. Anyway, <laughs> so, so, so so I gave James Sicily a, uh, I gave him a, a six, just the present. I mean, his disposal was a very, a very slick possession early, then a, then a couple of things he tried that didn't quite come off, but I really liked just the presence of having him there and, and the leadership and the steal. Off the back line, you know, if we talk about better for the run, he'll clearly be better for the run. I reckon in a month he'll be back to the sort of the form that uh, made him, that should have made him all Australian both in 19 and 20 before he got injured. It's interesting one because I think at the ground he just seemed immense, like he was everywhere. And I think he was an eight for me. He just, he, he wasn't, he wasn't, um, he was a bit rusty, I think, first, first couple of quarters, but he just grew into the game beautifully. Really was just there whenever we needed him, just doing James Sicily typical things, and just just so good to have him back. Yeah, seven and a half for me, and that was probably closer to a nine at quarter time because his first quarter, you know, he really showcased what we missed from him last 27 year. 27 spots. I don't want to scrub my browser now. Look at it off me. 27 spots. 27 touches, six marks. <laughs> yeah. I think he had five rebounds, maybe five five rebounds from defensive 50 I saw earlier. So um, back to his normal, back to his normal role. I think he faded a bit, uh, especially through the third quarter and as the game went on, but that's to be expected and if we're getting that out of him every single week, oh, that's absolutely immense. So huge, huge plus from the day for this. Jack Scrimshaw, um, just a Jack Scrimshaw sort of game, bit of intercept marking, some tidy kicking, uh, not a lot of errors with the ball. A couple of times he, he ran through 
half forward. Like at one stage, I thought he could pin the ears back. At one stage, kicking towards the the uh, the punt road goals, he could have pinned the ears back and had a shot on goal because I think he had a bit clear run at it. But uh, yeah, I gave him a seven, just a really solid Jack Scrimshaw sort of game. Yeah, seven, yeah. seven as well for me. I just think he again with Sicily down back, he's just only going to get better and just feel like he's he's really cemented himself in that in that back. Um, sort of high up back three at the moment. And he's just just really the, the kind of leadership that he showed, I think, was was really impressive as well in organising that back line along with Sis. Yeah, seven for me as well. I, I wouldn't have minded him seeing him contest in a few more um, in a few more defensive uh, marking contests. And he's a bit bigger than some of the other guys. So you expect him to impact a few more of the the, the marking contest, but uh, as you guys just said, I, I gave him a seven two. Typical Jack Scrimshaw, twenty plus touches, uh, great, great across that half back line. Liam Shields, twenty five touches, uh, four marks, two tackles. Tackles often now. He's a he's a one wood with Hawthorne. When Hawthorne wins, he's leading the tackle count, which he didn't today, but. Uh, I thought, uh, again, a, a, a solid six from him. The second oldest player in the team now, Liam Shields. I was certainly, I think, without, um, without uh, Bruce and McAvoy playing. Uh, a, a good outing from him. They need his experience um, through the midfield. We all wonder how much longer he's going to be in the, in the, in the best 22 for, but he certainly was a, an important player today. I gave him a seven and a half. I thought that uh, actually he was fantastic. And I've been on the Wayne C out the season and is he taking someone else's spot train for the last little while? But I thought, I mean, it's classic Liam Shields, isn't it? If we lose and he has 12 to 15 touches or even 20 touches, you wonder the effect that he has. But when we're winning, like I noticed him bobbing up at, important times all over the ground and thought that he was really, really good today. So if he's doing that all season, I'd be more than happy for him to be one of the first picks every week. Yeah, look, I'm, I haven't really been the president of the Liam Shields fan club for a while now, but I thought, I thought he was pretty solid today. I think probably a six. I think he really, he did, um, you know, he, he really did offer that leadership, senior leadership around the ground. And I think that's going to be really important to some of the young Midfielders develop. Um, 64% uh, efficiencies, just I guess typical Liam Shields areas. But um, yeah, he, he did some he did some good things. Um, Mr. Bligatrice set shot that was probably quite important to kick. Um, but yeah, I think it was a pretty solid game, and he'll, he'll probably play play more games than I would have anticipated this year. I think on that showing. Unless you think I'm too grumpy, I'm giving John Newcomb an eight uh, for 18 uh, disposals, five, uh, six marks, three hit outs and a goal and a mark and the best mark of the day at important stage last quarter that really should have been a goal. Just thought he was ever present all day. He's, uh, he's, his disposal is outstanding, a bit like a beginner's, ran the game out superbly. Sounds like they gave a bit of a job when uh, Davis Uniaki was getting off the handle a bit in the first quarter, and he had to sort of uh, went and did a, a bit of a job on him for a while. But then, and also was then moved to sort of half forward in the second half, which and they discussed in the commentary about how they're going to fit them all in. You know, they, they can't all play in the midfield; they have to find 
they're all going to have to find a, a you know a secondary role somewhere. And, and Newcomb sort of as a as a smallish half forward today, I thought he played an exceptional game, and he's one player I'm just so excited about what he's going to bring to the table for the for this season and beyond. Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable, really. Uh, people talk was on the message boards today, but after the game, as you do after a win, and um, people talking about how Newcomb looks like a top ten player, and really, it's you know he's twenty years old. It's pretty pretty hard to argue with that. I think he was and probably an eight for me as well. Just the penetration in his kicks as well, just putting in the right spot, the disposal into forward fifty from bursting through stoppages is just kind of what we've been up crying out for for a long time now to tap on the footy um just love the kid he's just i don't know how how we unearthed him i have no idea how that happened and how he just slipped through the cracks i think one thing to be thankful for for covid because he if he hadn't we had a normal kind of draft year I, I, i think it would have been snapped up so i gave him a nine out of ten uh, so I've got a few more, you know, beautiful words to use about him. Like, he was an absolute breath of fresh air. And in those 18 touches you talked about, he had nine score involvements. So not half of his touches resulted in hitting the scoreboard. Um, and I think the other really important thing is, we've, we've talked about it in the last few weeks, he's one of Sammy's guys. And if he's playing like that, he's going to get game time in the middle. So what that means is the likes of Jager, who spent so much time up forward, even though he didn't have much of an impact, or Warple didn't have to play on the ball, even Titch didn't necessarily get all of his touches in and under at the bottom of the pack. He was all over the ground, and that is because of a giant Newcomb doing what he does as a beast in the middle. So... Uh, I absolutely loved his game and he's probably one of the most exciting things for me to come out of today. Isn't it crazy that he only had 18 touches? I I just looked at that stat and I'm like, that's got to be wrong because it just felt, again, like he was just involved in so much. And and maybe it was just his presence around the ball that maybe felt like he he just contributed more than those 18 touches. I'm really looking forward to next week. The the physical game, it's going to be a tough brawly sort of game next week against Port Adelaide. I think he's going to thrive. It's going to be fantastic to see how he handles a game like against a good team in uh, in the, on, in hostile territory. I think he's going to be made for it. Very excited to see what he brings. Not, not just that. You think um, you think Boak and you think Wines and you think Pal Pepper. Like we're not talking about light units in the midfield. Like he's going to be coming up against like gigantic midfielders, bigger, mature bodies. So it will be really interesting to see that level of aggression and whether he can carry it out over at the Adelaide Oval. Uh, On the other wing, Harry Morrison. Um, As we scroll down here, just thought it was a quiet sort of five game for him. I thought he did okay. I'm just going to call his stats here. I thought he'd get in those hawks uh, very quiet early. Um, Our mate Danny Prince sent me a a text at one stage lamenting his uh, lack of physicality to contest. He ended up with 22 possessions, um, six marks and three tackles. So it was a, a reasonable game for Harry. I thought uh, he, he ran hard, competed, and got better as the game went on. Was involved in some uh, in some important passages of play in the second half. And another on the hawk. So I think Hawthorne a bit fit of the door today. He's another player who, who seemed to have some legs at the end of the game uh, when, when, when a lot of others didn't. 
Yeah, it's it's an interesting one with Harry because I actually really rate him. I think he's been awesome in the preseason, and then he just comes in and does that. Has that sort of game where you're like, oh, is is he actually gonna make it? And I I thought he was okay. Seventy two percent, I think he went out and. Um, you know, if Howe's tearing it up in Box Hill, maybe that's maybe that's the spot he takes rather than the McGuinness spot. Because I just think the upside to, to McGuinness is, is far more than Morrison. I, I rate him, I think he's got class and he uses the ball well, but yeah, I just feel like he, he didn't really influence the game. Yeah, with you, I would have given him somewhere between a five and a six. And, and the biggest issue is probably... Um, individually the game was good enough to go, yeah, well, he makes the team next week with his previous body of work together with the fact that we're somehow over the next three, four, five, six weeks going to have to fit in Day and fit in Impy and when Bramble comes back and he needs to be having a real significant impact that makes us, you know, be giving him sevens and eights every week to go, you know, he's a lock in this team. Uh, but for now, yeah, I don't think today necessarily uh, made him that lock. It's kind of hard to work out what he's good at. Like, he, he uses the ball well, but not particularly well today. Not particularly fast. He's got a bit of endurance, but he's definitely light-bodied still. And, you know, against Port, against that that really hard-bodied midfield, you know, maybe Howe is the, the right replacement for him there, just... Yeah. Well, I'd prefer being the team in four weeks' time. They've got a fair bit of uh, talent and players who do think it's better than him to come back. Uh, the Chad, uh, well, what a day for the Chad. He uh, he was one of the probably the two or three most disappointing players on the ground. The first three quarters, they ended up with 11 goals, uh, 11 possessions, um, but kicked two goals, kicked the first two goals last quarter as the Hawks start to, to kick away. Um, I'm going to save the discussion about the long sleeves of the blonde hair and the freedom of expression, I think, for, for the spaces on Tuesday night. We'll stick to sort of the game at hand. It's a bit like the North Melbourne game three years ago, his first game for the club. He sort of destroyed in the last quarter after not having done a hell of a lot for the first three. North of the I absolutely despise him. Um, but I would give him a... He gets a five on the basis of the last quarter where he, proved, he helped prove to be the difference between the two teams. Yeah, I also give him a five and note that like he dropped so many marks he should have taken today. Um, but uh, also that, uh, and that North game from his first game for Hawthorne is, has produced, you know, favourite, maybe Hawthorne gif of all time, that attitude after he kicks the goal that we often post in, in our articles. I just feel like, Having said that and talked about how he had uh, was, was nowhere near it in the first three quarters, if he's bobbing up when he needs to, you know, he kicked two last quarter goals, we won by a couple goals and got tired. And if he's doing that every week and just has his two, three, four moments of brilliance and that results in a couple of goals, then if that's what we're getting from him this year, especially if he's not getting midfield time, which he didn't get till the end of the game. He didn't get any midfield rotation through the first three quarters that I, I, I recall. It wasn't until late in the game. So 
it's, it's a different Chad when he's full-time in the forward line and if he's kicking a couple of games like that, he'll get a pass every week. Yeah, I think maybe that's an interesting insight into how Sam's going to be using him through the year. Um, but I think, yeah, if that, that's probably the, the worst game he's played in Hawthorne Colours and he still goes and does that in the last quarter and sort of ices the game for us. So how can you, how can you really... Uh, how can you how can you really rate him poorly on that? It's just it's just a tough one. He, he was very fumbly, I thought, and I really thought he would have ditched the sleeves. And I know we're trying to save this for Tuesday night, but I thought he would have ditched the sleeves after half time because it's bloody hot out there. So um, yeah, I, I'm I don't think he'll play a worse game than that. And if that's his worst game for Hawthorne, it's still pretty good. He's played worse games. He's played like games where he's played four quarters, like he played for the first three. So. His last quarter was improving. He didn't play through the midfield. I think we'll park a bit more of the chat discussion for Tuesday night because I think some of the other boys will have some views on him. As selected, Dylan Moore was picked at centre-half court, which is the greatest joke of all time, which adds to my theory that uh, they should no longer name teams in position, just name squads of 22. Uh, he's a very important goal in the second quarter when they were struggling to kick him. I think, you know, it's that typical uh, opportunist goal that he's so good at, and he often gets the goal that kickstarts Hawthorne, and that sort of uh, didn't quite prove to be the case because North dominated most of the set for a lot of the second quarter. But uh, Dylan Moore had, as I call up the stats, he had 19 touches, kicked that goal, uh, 10 marks, and uh, and six tackles. So it was an industrious game. I don't think it was a particularly brilliant game for him, but industrious, I think, is the right word. I'd give him a six. Yeah, I am. Um... I think he could be one of our greatest centre-half forwards all, of all time. And <laughs> we've had a couple of them. But um, no, look, I think he got better as the game went on. I actually gave him an eight. I think in the second half when the game was on the line, um, he really came into it a lot more. He had eight score involvements and half a dozen inside 50s as well. So again, the mountain of work, he was doing this all last year from the forward pocket sort of out towards the wing, collecting the ball at half forward and wheeling around to, to kick it inside 50. Um, it was a slow start for him. He got a lot stronger. So, yeah, I've given him an eight. I thought he was actually fantastic and one of our better players by the end of the game. Yeah, I think it's one that I've got to watch a replay of because I just didn't really notice him impacting the game as much at the ground. I think he was... The sort of the link in the chain a lot of the times, and he um, you know took took some some good grabs, dropped to mark me in the first quarter that well, first or second quarter that was really at a critical time. Um, but yeah, Bob's up with that goal and just solid contributor throughout the four quarters. Um, but I, I think at times he does tend to sort of go missing when you when you really need him to 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 do something special. And um, I, th I think yeah, it, it, it wasn't. The greatest Dylan Moore game for me, so probably probably six. James Warfel, James Warfel, James Warfel, twelve disposals um, and three marks, one tackle, um, ninety-two percent of disposal efficiency. Um, the great puzzle, the great conundrum, the great enigma is James Warfel and where he fits into this team with the midfield way it is set up. Wasn't well, really solved today. I would give it him wasn't. a four. It wasn't, but I think he's one of those, again, we'll get to Jager as well, that you go, 
uh, okay, it's round one. Uh, you can potentially write it off and move on to next week. I'm going to give him a five. I still think he did enough to get that pass mark. I like him across the half forward line as opposed to playing solely out of the middle. Um, he had a couple of moments with, uh, a, a, especially up up forward where we were, he was able to deliver it inside fifty with good effect. Like you mentioned, his um his disposal was really good, albeit there weren't as many of them as we'd want. But um, yeah, I, I'm happy to give him a leave pass for today, especially since we won the game. Yeah, 90, 91% he went out, which is rare for James Warple. But I think he, yeah, it was, it was one of those frustrating games, I think, for him. He, he did some really great things, though, and I think um, I, don't, I, I think he's definitely improved his delivery into the forward 50. I don't know who got on, on the end of one. I think maybe Mitch Lewis, when he kind of burst through a pack there, I can't, can't recall that specific incident. But, um, yeah, Warple's... Warple's an interesting one. I think he's going to be used in a variety of positions. So I'm not really sure how he sort of fits into this team. Yeah, and interestingly, just uh, sorry, one more thing. One more thing with Warps. Uh, I think in the 28 games he played last season, uh, 13 was his lowest disposal tally, and that's when he um, got injured and came off against Collingwood. Uh, the year before, 14 was his worst. So I'm just looking back now. 2019 was his golden year, so it's actually his lowest um, lowest stat stats tally for a match since the semi final against Melbourne in 2018. So I think I, th- I think we look at it as an anomaly. I think it was you. I don't know where. Again, another thing that I'm going to have to watch that re- the replay of because I just think he was used in a variety of different roles. Um, Maybe he was even sort of in a, ta- a run with role at some point. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I just don't. I think it's harsh to judge his game on on the. Sure, he, he spent a lot of time forward, so mm-hmm. you're right. Like he wasn't at the cold base like he has been for those last sixty matches. So that's a fair shout. Uh, as I was saying, Jack Gunston, uh, his first game back, eighteen disposals. Uh, he kicked three goals, four. Um, he had 10 contested possessions, interesting for Jack. So good to have him back. Um, he could have torn the game apart had he kicked straight. Just shows last year how much, and we said the same at Sicily as well, but just shows how much he was missed last year with the fact he was just able to come in and play such an important role. Um, the kicking, you would take a, a mark off, but I'm giving him a... I'm giving him uh, an eight. I thought Jack was super today. Yeah, I'm on board. I've given him an eight and a half and it probably justified Ash. You mentioned a lot last year and and in the off season when, you know, we're getting all of our insiders' hopes up about how we might even be able to scrape enough wins together to, you know, who knows what could happen. Uh, Part of the narrative was that we had Sicily and Gunston out all year last year and, Whilst there's the unknown because of the back surgery and the back injury proper, um, he could have ended up with five or six if he had his kicking shoes on, especially early. Um, but to kick three, he was such a presence. He was such a leader down there. He was he was jumping, leading, contesting beautifully. 
Uh, so eight and a half for me. It was really, really good to see that Jack back. I'm going to go with an eight, deducting half a point for his inefficiency in front of goal. But I think it was just a bit of rust and um, maybe the, the sort of occasion got to him a few times. And um, he just, he makes our forward line functional and he just straightens us up. And I just, you know, we'll get to Mitch Lewis soon, but just love what he's, you know, how, how those two are working together and work together through the game. So it was just a, a magnificent return. He's so smart. And we missed, Hawthorne missed his organisation and his intelligence around goal last year. And it just works so much better when he's out there playing well. Um, and that's why we do, we, he said before, was he, you know, we, the, the lament of last season, I think Jack was playing. Uh, well, they showed, showed in the game today well, when Jack is playing, they're just a better side. Absolutely. All right, Mitch Lewis, uh, who was on target to kick uh, uh, a, a lazy eight or ten the way he played in the first quarter. A, a wonderful afternoon. He's uh, 13 disposals. Uh, the key thing, nine marks, six of those were contested, three goals. Uh, the dominating forward, along with Gunston, uh, the only four they had really firing early and just a, a factor all day. Huge runs up the ground. He's obviously worked enormously on a lot of areas of his game, but his fitness is one because he was these long searching leads up even to half back to, to get the ball today. Just uh, imposed himself. Um, and I've written this observations piece will come out that uh, if it's if if Sam Mitchell has decided that only one of Cosy or or Lewis can play on the side for the foreseeable future, well, it's Cosy's it's, it's Lewis's spot for for quite some time now because he was outstanding today, and I would give him an eight. Yeah, I uh, think after our space the other night where we had the conversation about him and and uh, one of our um, one of our listeners begged to give him a bit more time and opportunity made us realise you know he'll still be twenty three by the end of the season and that work rate up the ground you know the first quarter he was clunking him inside fifty by the end of the game he was still working so much further up the ground and taking them much higher up the ground, which was just such a good good sign. Uh, the difficulty will be um, if big boys available next week and we've talked about being concerned about our forward line. Uh, it, it generally looked pretty good today and he was a massive reason for that because when we've got someone uh, like the last few years, how many games could we go with taking, you know, zero, one, two or three contested marks inside 50 and, and he took three himself today inside 50 and I think six total. So to, to have that presence there was massive. I gave him an eight and a half today. Yeah, I'm going to give him a nine because I just... just don't think you can ask much more from, from the forward than the game that he played today. Three goals is one thing, but as you touched on, Andrew, the work the work rate was really what, what's, what stuck out to me. And I think you really got the full force of that when you're out the ground because he, he just worked his socks off. And I think someone's had a quiet word that if he, if he wants to be the main man, um, in, in in this team and the, and the big in the big key forward, he's just got to work his socks off. And he was a get out option a lot of times. Took a lot of marks up the ground, 
um, and just just loved his attitude. And I think it's interesting because when he had that first set shot, I thought, oh, if he if he nails this, he, we could be in for a good year for Mitch, and he did. And um, I just hope he continues on. And I, I just hope he doesn't. He he stayed. He's allowed to that kind of game where he doesn't impact it as much and he gets a run in the side. He's just been in and out way too much for me over the past couple of years. And there's been reasons for that, but I'd just love to see that consistency from him. It was the first time he played in a round one game uh, since his time at the club. And um, he, uh, well, he'll be for, for quite a while based on that performance. Connor McDonald, the first of the debutants we're talking about, 16 disposals, five kicks, 11 handballs, three marks, um, 75% disposal efficiency. Uh, Floyd looked a bit lost early, but he, at the pace of the game, was pretty solid for him. But uh, he worked his way through it. Again, as we saw in the, the, both the practice games, you know, he, he, you can see why the coaches and the players like him because he's, he's, he's really smart. A couple of death touches, um, important handballs, part of, a, a, part of a, you know, a, a chain of possessions. Um, so I thought it was a really, I mean, I'd give it a five, uh, but, but a, a promising five. I thought it was a, a good first up outing. I'm not sure, I'm not sure both him and Ward will play next week with the ins coming in, but um, I thought it was a, a promising start for him uh, for Hawthorne. First of many, many games, we would hope. Yeah. I, uh, oh, go on, Daz. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> McDonald, I, I actually thought he was a catalyst for maybe I was confusing him for another player because I'm still getting my head around a lot of these new numbers. But um, I thought he actually was a catalyst in the third quarter for a lot of the good stuff that we did and for that that sort of fight back. He just uses the footy really well. He's got a great brain on him. Uh, as you said, Ash, I think he just has a sort of knack for for picking the right picking the right pass or you know just just moving the ball in the right direction. When he, when he has it. So I thought it was a really solid debut. I'm going to give him five and a half because I'm a glass half full kind of guy. And I'm going to make us go in order. I'm going to give him a six. I, I agree. I think he was lost at first and um, clearly struggled to have any sort of presence on the game, but he got so much better as it went on to the point where you know, we'll get to Ward and, and watching the game thought he had more of an impact than he did on the stat sheet by watching the game. But McDonald seemed to have just a, just as good a game. And there was a point where the chatter watching it was about, you know, even if we'd lost what we've got to try and bottle, especially this season, is seeing the way he played first game together with Ward, together with Newcomb, all these kids playing uh, was really, really encouraging. And you just look at him and go, he's a clear part of the future. Really loved what I saw, so I gave him a six. The number 37 Hawthorne, the Ruckman, the big noodle, Ned Reeves. Um, well, the only stat that matters for him really is, I mean, it's seven disposals, but it's, uh, it's 26 hitouts. Um, I thought he... It was interesting. I mean, North went tall with the three rucks. He was the uh, Max Lynch left the ground. I think it was the first quarter, the second quarter. He was the only ruckman on the ground for Hawthorne for the game. I know we'll get to Connor Nash and the contribution, important contribution he made. 
But I thought Reeves was, again, I was really excited by Reeves. I, I saw him play a couple of games last year, but I thought, yeah, this guy can play. And from what I saw out there today, it's just, you know, it's going to come. Ruckman needs 50, 60, 70 games to start imposing themselves on the competition, unless you're a freak like Nick, Nick Natanui. Um, and I, I thought Reeves was just a, a really good outing, gave him a six. Um, just thought he, I thought he played well. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy with him as Hawthorne's number one Ruckman for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I very much, uh, very much thought that he did uh, did a great job. I think he, um, I think his hit outs to advantage rate was really, really uh, solid, given the number of hit outs that he had. I think it was about forty five percent hit outs to advantage, which, again, given that he was, he clearly had more than anyone else on the ground, was significant. Uh, what will be interesting with the whole ruck merry-go-round is I feel like in the last few years I've, I've thought if Segler plays the whole game in ruck, he's better for it. If McAvoy plays the whole game in ruck, he's better for it. Like with, with a chop out sort of towards the end of each quarter. With Reeves and Lynch, you get the feeling that um, especially if McAvoy's not playing, they're going to split it. But clearly... Lynch out of the team early benefited Reeves, and I think as a result, you know, he he did pretty well. So I give him a six and a half. I I don't think he was brilliant, but I think he did a good enough job. Yeah, I, I reckon six and a half for me as well. I think he, I think he had a, a really solid game and um, competed well, and you know, weirdly athletic for you know he, he's he's got he's got a bit of um, agility about him, which you just wouldn't expect for someone that size, and just just that also that presence around the ground, that you know that that clear out kick, just making himself available for those options and actually feeling like he was going to win it. So uh, look, I don't I I, don't, I watched that game and did not miss Big Boy or Segla at all. I just I just was just happy with a fresh look in the rock. Jago Mira, 15 disposals, um, no scores, three marks, two tackles, 67% disposal efficiency, um, fell on time of the ground, 87, point, 87 uh, minutes, 47 seconds on the ground, five clearances, one centre clearance, four stoppage clearances. Um, disappointed Jago's game today, and he was captain, his highlight might have been the pre-game rev up because... Uh, Thought this was a game he would just come out and pose himself um, on in a big way. I'm a huge Jager fan, or Jager, as our friend Brad likes to call him. Um, but yeah, not not one of his finest outings. I mean, the Hawks got the win again. Maybe they're trying to work out what to, what to do with with uh, Jager as they work out. This, they've got so many midfielders. To work what to do with them? He played a fair bit of time at half forward, but yeah, not one of his one of his, his best games for the club. Yeah, he had a absolute stinker against North Mel North Melbourne last year as well, and that was the game afterwards where you know he came out and talked about how uh, we needed to do so much better and lead from the front and all of that sort of stuff. And it was after what I thought was maybe one of his, his worst games he played for the club. Um, I I love the idea. I've actually been talking about it for the last couple of years of him not playing in the midfield. So whether that's pushing out onto a wing. Um, today he was up forward a fair bit, 
even using him at times through half back in the future. I don't mind him playing off the ball and letting these kids play through the ball. Uh, but today he had absolutely zero impact. So I'd be giving him a, a four, which is probably lucky. Yeah, four for me as well. I think the fact that you're captain, the fact that we really needed to get our hands on the footy early on and just his lack of impact on the game. You've got a lot of young kids out there actually showing some of the senior players the way a bit, which, you know, bodes well for the future, but for the present, you just want um, Jaeger to, to really just get involved. And I just, I didn't feel like he really had much of an influence on the game. Maybe he had an influence in the dressing room and his instruction on the ground. But um, again, I think, I think Sam might have to find a different role for him this year because it's, it's, it's probably not in the middle of the ground. I did notice at one stage in the commentary, Hawthorne got a clean centre clearance and there was a ironic tears from the crowd. Does was that you? <laughs> Could have been. It came through very clearly on the telly. <laughs> uh, Tom Mitchell, 29 disposals, uh, tall kick, 17 handballs, kick the point, four mark, three tackles. Uh, onto the key things for him, he um, eight, uh, six clearances, one centre clearance, five stoppage clearances. Um, Thought he played well. That wasn't an exceptional game from him. I'd give him probably a seven on sort of weight of possessions. And again, one of those players who worked into the game as Hawthorne worked into the game. Maybe therefore he was a the reason they uh, they t- turned things around from the, in, in the second term and the third term as they did. But geez, he was disappointing early, like a few of his mates when North were just waltzing the ball out of the centre with those. Yeah. Similar, I think, missing early uh, 29 possessions is usually, from a fewer stats point of view, a good enough game, but that is not generally the numbers we associate with Tom Mitchell. But I think we'll see more of that this year again as he's rotated um, and given a bit more licence to not have to be at the bottom of every single pack at every single um, stoppage or... uh, or, or ball up. I think he had half a dozen clearances and in inside 50s, but also had a similar uh, and score involvements but similar clangers as well. So, I mean, it was a six and a half for me. It was a good game without being anything uh, too impactful, in my opinion. Another one where I was just surprised to hear among on radio or on some of the, the articles afterwards how he was best one of the best on ground. I just... It was a typical Tom Mitchell game. Want a want a bit of the footy, you know, just just a few nice hand pop, handballs to keep the game sort of going um, going forward for us. But I just I didn't think he was that influential. Um, he, he he definitely the last the last quarter. I think he he really stood up and, um, and but at times he was just yeah, especially that first that first quarter there was some serious alarm bells again about our ability to get our hands on the footy. Um, and if it's not Tom Mitchell then it's a real concern about who, who's who's actually pitching in and get getting getting the ball. Uh, moving to the players named on the bench. Uh, well this first this first player uh, was exceptional. Uh, Chankoff GF, 24 disposals, nine kicks, 15 handballs, five marks, one tackle. Uh, 83% disposal efficiency, seven contested possessions. Um, he had um, 
264 meters gained, which is uh, a, a good day at the office for him. I gave him uh, an eight because he was so influential. He was Hawthorne's best player uh, in, in the first quarter. Some of his, uh, his uh, intercept marking, his spoiling, um, his run and carry through the midfield. Again, we talk about how meh Hawthorne looked. I think I used that uh, in a headline for in the preseason, how Hawthorne looked in the pre how pedestrian they were in the preseason. Realizing they're missing all their class running off halfbacks. We got one of them back today. And again, a sign of why Hawthorne uh, has a bit to look forward to because I thought he was he was terrific today, uh, given they hadn't really played any serious footy. Uh, he sort of faded late, perfectly excusable, given the weather and his uh, pre-season. But gee, how exciting is it uh, going to be for him? Also, the, well, his first game number nine and uh, absolutely belongs. Absolutely belongs. An absolute unit, and I mean, I, again, have been on record as saying I'm not convinced until I see him put more than one full season together, and it's shaping up to be um, potentially my second worst call of all time before maybe, after maybe writing Sean Burgoyne off about seven years ago has been done, Um, but Gee, he really, he was outstanding. He went at 83% disposal efficiency as well, which pre-last season was always one of the massive knocks on him. Anyone going over 80% is doing pretty well. Uh, had so much of it, the run, the carry, the intercept marking. And he's just, he's built in a way that makes you think he can crash every contest, like his upper body's huge, but then he can just dash and run and carry. So uh, I'm on board, I'm on the train, I'm on the CJ train. Thanks for thanks for uh, having me on, Daz. Uh, and not just you, I think, you know, there are 30,000 people, probably 26,000 Hawthorne supporters, uh, or, or sorry, 40,000 um, people, and, probably 36,000 Hawthorne supporters, but I think they were all on the CJ train. And that mark in the first quarter is what ignited the crowd and ignited the team. And he just has that ability to do that in a way that I haven't really seen from a Hawthorne player since Cyril um, and Buddy. So he just, he's just all action athletic. Like he just makes regulation marks look really athletic as well unnecessarily maybe sometimes but you just need that sort of player that's going to spark the team and just take off um, and do something special he's delivering to the forward 50 is incredible um he's just sheer athleticism and willingness to take on the game at every point i just think he was probably one of the most influential players on the ground and and had he not been there we would not have won that game all right, boys, we're going to try and wrap this up the inside an hour. So, Connor Nash, um, he had 10 disposals, six uh, marks, uh, six kicks, four handballs. He went 100% disposal efficiency. I'm trying to find where he, um, he, where he presented in his eight centre bounce attendances, eight ruck contests. So, he became the second ruck when Lynch went off. I thought it was a good old fashioned followers game from uh, Connor Nash, just a, a big boy, a big player around the ball. Um, work the ball forward, not a lot of finesse the way he does it, but uh, his star has risen under Sam Mitchell and I thought it was a really good outing today and uh, it's a perfect role for him once Lynch went off, he found his groove and was an important player for Hawthorne after quarter time so I'll give, yeah, him I gave a, it, yeah, I'll give him a six 
I gave him a seven out of ten, and I mean that's head scratching stuff for someone who touches the ball ten times. He went at a hundred percent disposal efficiency. He had seven tackles, but we were getting slaughtered out of the middle. We were getting absolutely smashed. I think they had the first six or seven centre clearances of the game. It was seven we getting, at one stage. Seven nil. We were getting absolutely bullied and he genuinely made a difference. I think there were two or three passages of play from when he moved in to the middle where he might not have got the possession but caused a, 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 another ball up, like another stoppage. And it helped stem that flow where the ball was just coming out. That So the big body, happy to take a tackle. Um, you forgive the fact that he's, I mean, he went at 100%, but he often does that quick sort of kick around the body forward as opposed to some of the other guys who find, you know, are, are looking for and finding a target lace out. Oh, I thought he made a massive difference when he moved into the middle. Yeah, I agree with all of that. I think it's another one of those games where the disposals don't really tell the full story. His physicality around the ball, him just that it created a lot of chaos. And I think I think if there's one thing about Sam Mitchell's side, and you kind of tell from the early stages that we're, we're, we're gonna we're gonna go for that chaos ball a lot more. And I think Connor's really key to that game style. I think he just his physicality really really made a difference in the in the center of the ground. You'll have to check myself. You'll have to check yourself and scratch your head when you are saying such amazing things about Connor Nash out loud. Um, We're just going to skip through. Max Lynch uh, gets a two. He got injured. He had uh, six hit outs before before getting injured. Remains to be seen whether he uh, has all going to work in the ruck. It's uh, been unfortunate his first game for Hawthorne. Only I think his sixth game overall. Hawks had a good win. And by the time, as Sam Mitchell said, Afterwards, uh, by the time they were singing the song, he was in, on driving home, not feeling particularly well. But uh, we we wish him uh, we wish him a quick recovery. But I don't think we'll be seeing him in the seniors for a couple of weeks at least now. Yeah, well, as a minimum next week, can't see, especially with Big Boy returning, uh, how he's he's going to be in the frame for a few weeks time as a minimum. Uh, very unfortunate, but yeah, I'm with you. Two out of ten. Yeah, it's, you know, I don't think he really got a, a chance today, but I, I love his how big his heart is and the fact that he was willing to get up from that pretty heavy knock and then have, I think he contested the next two stoppages. So I think that's just shows what kind of uh, a guy he is, um, Max Lynch. And I'm, I'm really actually excited to see what he does this year in tandem with Reeves. Josh Ward had 13 disposals on debut, 85% disposal efficiency. 11 uncontested, two contested possessions. He had um, he had one clearance, one centre clearance, and uh, two rebound 50s. He went, he did, uh, take, took part in 11 centre bounces, so a fair bit of responsibility for the young boy in his first game. I thought it was a solid first up outing. Hawthorne, I gave him a five. Good news was it was just a, a people worried about a calf injury at the end of the game. It was just a, a bad cramp. So... Uh, again, a good first outing. I'd say McDonald probably shaded him ever so slightly, but uh, we're going to enjoy watching him play for Hawthorne for 10 years' time. And unlike um, Colin McDonald, he certainly knew the words of the club song post-game. 
That he did. I also gave him a six. I think that with his light body and frame running out AFL matches, there might be a few more cramps or light degree injuries to come in the future. But, uh, you know, loved what I saw. Same as everyone else, I think. We're all genuinely, genuinely excited and feel at this very early point that we've made the right decision taking him. Uh, and can't wait to see him back up again next week. Six for me. Yeah, I'll say five and a half. And I think he, the thing that really struck me about Ward was his lightning quick hands and his just presence of mind to, yeah, he, he just, he, his, his, the quickness of his thought was, was really quite apparent. So, yeah, just a pretty solid debut, not Rochelle areas, unfortunately, but, um, or Juan Francis, dare I say, but he'll he'll be a great player for us over the journey. Wrap it up with Tom Phillips. Medical sub became on in the second quarter when uh, his former Collingwood teammate Max Lidford off didn't suck up at being sort of dropped for the game despite a, a good preseason. Had seventeen disposals. Um, he eight marks, five tackles. He was good. I thought. I thought his run was really important. It's a smart decision making. Another player who ran on top of the ground as things got a bit tight and hard later on. Uh, a, a good team game from him. Important role once coming on. Yeah, I think he definitely did his role uh, in that position. He ended up being that ink player out of the back pocket uh, five or six times as well. And Hart was always in the mouth with his disposal. Uh, had a couple of uh, couple that were classic. Tom Phillips, uh, but I think he played his role well. We just missed a dirty goal from him to round it off. But, uh, yeah, uh, I think for his role, I give him a six. Yeah, I, I reckon he made a massive difference coming on. And maybe maybe a seven for me, just won a lot of the footy. Um, yeah, was not, you know, exceptionally clean. But it just just made mostly the right calls, and I think he actually really made a difference coming on. So yeah, full credit to him. He, he didn't suck me. He he really made a difference. So that has been our play rankings. Bit of news today uh, that Will Day got through Box Hill. Uh, played three quarters was managed. Source of the game said uh, won't play again for Box Hill. Like last time he wears a Box Hill jumper. So expecting to be playing for Hawthorne next week. Uh, Daniel Howe was the best for the. Uh, Hawthorne players who were the players for Box Hill. They had a couple of win over North in practice game, which was ridiculously played, Andrew, at the same time as a Hawthorne North Melbourne game. Ridiculous. Just doesn't really make any sense. I think you've flagged that uh, the same thing's happening in a couple of weeks' time, and uh, it doesn't necessarily give opportunity for. Uh, either the members of the coaching staff or fans or anyone to be able to get a look in. Um, so it's unfortunate, but yeah, exciting news coming out of the game. Overall, uh, a very, very good club as a whole. So they have it. Hawthorne have a win on the board to start the season, a bit earlier than some of us uh, might have thought, but uh, good to get a win. They play Port Adelaide next week. We're going to endeavour to do one of these every week, as we said, in lieu of the uh, in lieu of the play rankings article. Our comprehensive reviews, our review article will appear as a season. That'll be online probably what Monday tomorrow afternoon, be Monday, some some stage late Monday afternoon. And don't forget to join us 
while it's Thursday night footy, our Twitter spaces will be on Tuesday night. So uh, be sure to uh, log on, join us, make it a wide-ranging conversation. Hopefully Brad and Danny and Mora will be with us as well, the full, the full crew. Um, so keep supporting Reading Hawks Insiders for all your news. Of course, shout out as always to our friends at Talking Hawks and to the Hawk Talk podcast guys as well who make Hawthorne fandom so much more interesting and fun. Uh, any last words, boys, before we reconvene in a couple of days? I'm just so excited about having having to sing the song and having a win and starting the week with a win. It just forgot that feeling and forgot how much of the spring it gives you in your step and just just looking forward to seeing how we go up against a better team in Port next week and whether whether we can kind of if we bring the same level of effort and determination, it, it definitely won't be an embar- embarrassment, that's for sure. I'm really looking forward to Tuesday night. It's so much more fun speaking to everyone and writing articles after a win. Everyone's up and about. There's a lot more positive stuff to focus on. So, yeah, great way to start off the week and uh, looking forward to the week ahead. So we'll talk to you then. And thanks once again for, for uh, supporting us at Hawks Insiders. Uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Have uh, Enjoy the rest of your weekend and the first part of your week. Goodbye.